There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. America's two great pastimes collide on this podcast. It is baseball and making money from the dog days of summer through the October Classic. Greg Bases Peterson's going to be free swinging at the betting board as he tries to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. Now here is GP. A super Sunday to one and all. And then there were two teams alive for the World Series as it is Greg Peterson coming at you with MLB Overtime Betting from the Vivid Seats Studios. Joining me in the second and third segment is going to be Curtis Rogers. We don't have any games listed up on the Vegas betting board. And quite frankly, with the way that the Astros versus Yankees game ended Saturday night, we just don't know what to expect from a game one line and everything like that. You got to think that it's probably going to be Garrett Cole against Mad Max Scherzer, but that is still to be determined. So we are not going to have touch them all, but we are going to have two segments of talk about how exciting the ALCS was and the chances that the Nationals have of being able to pull off this World Series with our good buddy Curtis Rogers. So that is going to be coming up. And this is always the time of the podcast in which I'd like to answer your Twitter questions. At GNRSCORD1 is where you can fire them in. Much like the Yankees' chances of winning the World Series at this point, your Twitter questions, if you send them by a DM, well, they have about as much of a chance of catching as those Yankees' futures. Meanwhile, if you tweet them into the timeline, You've got a futures ticket on the Nationals or the Houston Astros in which you've got a good chance of it being answered. So let's get right into the recap of what was a wild and crazy Game 6 to lead us to the World Series that will be Nationals versus Astros. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. Things got cooking in the first inning as Yoli Gurriel 
goes deep off of Chad Green for a three-run home run. That made the count 3-0 in favor of the Astros. The Astros would then get some offense late, but prior to that, the New York Yankees were able to tack on some runs themselves as you had Gio Urshela going deep in the fourth inning off of Jose Uraquiti. That is his second of the ALCS. And then it was another unexpected piece that in the ninth inning was able to tie things up at four as DJ LeMayu gets a home run off of Roberto Azuna. Now, had Josh Reddick been making the play out there on that home run that he hit, who knows what would have happened as Josh Reddick has been the savior for the Astros in the field all year long, and he made another terrific play. And I will say, you also had some great play from Michael Brantley, but prior to the ninth inning, both these teams were giving away scoring chances like they were a basket of breadsticks. It was just, here, we don't want to score. You try to take it. No, you try to take it until DJ LeMayu hits that two-run home run. But you have the flair for the dramatic. Two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning. The Houston Astros are able to induce a walk off of Aroldis Chapman as George Springer winds up drawing that walk. And then Jose Altuve gets his second home run of the series off of Aroldis Chapman to be able to send the Astros to the World Series. And guess you're over if you had it as well. So that was a nice little two-for-one. And by and large, New York Yankees were able to get out of some nice jams. Luis Sessa and J.A. Happ both came out of the bullpen after Chad Green gave up those three runs. They both go two innings apiece, not giving up a single earned run. Tommy Canely gave up a run, but Adam Adovino, who had been so erratic in this postseason, he goes an inning and doesn't give up a run. Zach Britton, I believe he went... Five outs the day before in game five. He wound up going and adding. He didn't give up anything, but Roldis Chapman was the guy that gas canned this one. And for the Houston Astros, you had Brad Beacock, who wound up pitching in game five as the opener in game six. He gave up one run while recording five outs. And then by and large, Houston Astros, aside from Mr. Ozuna, who certainly had his issues during the regular season, the postseason, he had been nails to this point, but during the regular season, wasn't necessarily looking so good. He did give up two run home run, but he did have Josh Smith, Will Harris, and guys of that ilk, Ryan Presley, who all did a good job out of the bullpen, and Jose Urquidy, who many thought were going to be the, was going to be the starter. I thought so as well. He winds up going two and two-thirds innings. He gives up just one run. He records five strikeouts. So, obviously, that was very encouraging for the Houston Astros. And if you're taking a look at this postseason in general, favorites thinks that Astros win now 20-12 and 12 going into the World Series. And unders certainly have been cashing as well in the championship series. You saw only three total games go over the total out of the 10, but this certainly was a big one. And if you're someone that you like this matchup between Nationals and Astros like I do, you want to head to Vivid Seats if you want to be able to attend these games in person. You're able to get up to $100 off of all tickets at Vivid Seats as well by using the promo code OVERTIME. That is all one word, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. Obviously, World Series tickets are scarce and it's not feasible for everyone to attend. So let's say maybe the NFL is a little bit more your fancy college basketball, the NBA, Vivid Seats as you covered, and maybe watching live sporting events isn't for you. Maybe you're someone that you're more of a concert goer and you prefer to watch many more of your games in a sports book, at home, at a sports bar, something of that nature. Vivid Seats has you covered as well. Like I said, promo code OVERTIME, all one word, into the Vivid Seats app. You get up to $100 off your first purchase with Vivid Seats. So a big thanks to them and a big thanks to the Houston Astros for giving us a very good World Series. And here to talk to me about it next for the next two segments, a man that has joined this podcast many times and always does terrific work. Curtis Rogers of Mariners free and post game work 
So he has seen the Astros up close and in person all year long, along with 710 ESPN in Seattle. He is going to be joining me next right here on MLB Overtime Bet. Greg is phoning a friend and going out to the Azunia Hotline. Here on MLB Overtime Betting, Greg Peterson coming at you from the Pivot Seat Studios out here in lovely Las Vegas. It is always great to have on our next guest. He has joined me throughout the MLB season. He does terrific work with 710 ESPN in the lovely city of Seattle. He does pre and post game work for the Seattle Mariners, obviously. He hasn't been doing that the last couple weeks, but he does the Sports Night in Seattle podcast. He does a whole bunch of hosting for them as well. I know that he's involved with John Clayton's show as well. So this is a man that certainly keeps himself busy and he has been following the MLB postseason very closely. And you can follow this great man's work on Twitter at a kid from Kentez. It is a man that I had the great pleasure of working with in Portland a few years ago. Curtis Rogers joined me in. How are you doing on this fine day? I'm doing great, Greg. Really excited to preview the World Series here. And we've talked throughout the season, but I think this postseason, more so than in years past, has really delivered in terms of moments, in terms of really great times that we're going to remember, not just here in October right now, but in years down the road, obviously with the Nationals' miraculous run with their win in the wild card round against your Brewers, uh, unfortunately for you, but then knocking off the Dodgers in the division series. There have just been moments all throughout this postseason, and I'm super excited to finally see it culminate here in the World Series beginning on Tuesday. And when you take a look at this postseason in general, you have had some moments late in games from the Nationals. Obviously, the Grand Slam against the Dodgers in Game 5 was huge. You had that comeback against the Milwaukee Brewers in the 8th, which was nice. And in the Braves versus the Cardinals series, you had a couple bullpen explosions. But by and large, a lot of these games have been decided in the first inning. We saw it in that Rays versus Astros series. Games 4 and 5 decided in the first inning. I felt like Game Four of the ALCS was decided in the first inning when the Yankees left the bases loaded against Zach Granke. And then we saw it in game six. The Houston Astros get two hits and three runs in the first inning. Thanks to a Yoli Gurriel three-run homer. That decided the game right there. And I think it's so intriguing because typically with postseason games, it typically comes down to the bitter end. But we're noticing in this postseason more so than any postseason I could ever remember These games are really being culminated in the first inning, and you even take a look at the National League side of things. The Cardinals hang their 10-run first inning against the Atlanta Braves, and then the Nationals had seven in the first inning against the Cardinals in that decider. That's a great point you bring up, and I think it's a testament right now to the baseballs being used, because there's been a lot of clamor about them in the regular season that the balls were juiced. That's why we saw so many offensive numbers. And I think it was the Cardinals who had done research in the postseason up until the midpoint of the National League Championship Series where they had noticed that balls, not just in their series, but also throughout the postseason were traveling a lot less than they were in the regular season. The average batted distance was down about you know seven or eight feet, which doesn't sound like a ton, but that's the difference between a ball to the warning track and a ball hitting over the fence at a lot of places. So right now, pitching has just been the biggest thing in the playoffs right now, and not just bullpen pitching, which we know has become the most important thing to get through your regular season, because so often now you can't rely on starting pitchers to go 200 plus innings, 
But the teams that are going deep in the postseason, the teams that have gotten themselves into this best position, they're the ones that have the deepest starting rotations. You know, Washington going with Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, even Anibal Sanchez, and then Houston with their three-headed monster, Verlander, Granke, and Cole. You know, Garrett Cole is well on his way to his first Cy Young Award. If you look at his numbers since, what, May, he's, what, 19-0 and 0 or something crazy like that. You know, the two teams that have valued starting pitching and not just, like, good starting pitching. I'm talking, like, top-end starters. That's the reason why they have made it as far as they have. And I think it's setting up for what's going to be a great series. I would not be shocked if it goes a full seven games simply because Washington's starting pitching has just been as good as Houston's, if not better than theirs. And I'm just super excited to see what's in store for us on Tuesday. I do agree with you as we've got Curtis Rogers of 710 ESPN joining me right here on the podcast. And I think that it's a very good point that you bring up with regards to starting pitching because both these teams have a three-headed monster. With the Houston Astros, no doubt, Zach Greinke, Garrett Cole. And by the way, for the Houston Astros, if you've bet against Garrett Cole in each of his last 16 starts for $100, congratulations, you're down $1,600. So there is that. And then you also have Justin Verlander being involved with the Nationals. You no doubt have Mad Max Scherzer along with Steven Strasburg. And then you also have Patrick Corbin, who we all know is very good. But who I find very intriguing is Anibal Sanchez. This guy was absolutely terrific against the St. Louis Cardinals when he wound up giving that snorty. He took a no-hitter into the seventh. He gave a great start against the Dodgers as well. I think that that could really be the X factor because we even saw it in game six for the Houston Astros. They wound up starting Brad Peacock, who had pitched the eighth inning in game five. They were really going with a bullpen game. Meanwhile, with the Washington Nationals, they've got four bona fide starters that they're able to rely upon. Yeah, you look at Houston, they haven't been in a situation yet where they've had to use any of those starting pitchers out of the bullpen. And the Nationals, they've used Strasburg and Scherzer out of the bullpen at multiple points in this postseason. In the wild card round, they used Strasburg out of the bullpen. He gave them, I think, three solid innings. Game five against the Dodgers, you had Scherzer coming in relief. So, the Nationals and Davey Martinez, their manager, they're unafraid to use those guys at any point in the game. And I got to commend them for that because why would you not want to use your best pitchers? Yeah, they would be pitching on short rest, but they're your best guys for a reason. They're the they're why they've gotten you to where they are. And with a bullpen as bad as, as Washington's had this season, getting your best pitchers out on the mound as many times as possible can only benefit you, and I don't see why you would not want to do that. So Houston, they've played an elimination game already this this postseason, Game 5 against the Rays. I think a lot of people had expected that series to get done a lot quicker than it did. But, you know, Tampa Bay, they're largely unafraid of whoever they're going up against because they're in the American League East. They play so many games against the Yankees and the Red Sox every single year. You know, going up against a team like Houston probably doesn't phase them a whole lot. But Houston, they're so deep at every single spot, whether it be in the rotation, in their starting lineup, their bullpen. They just come at you from so many different angles. But what's interesting is that Justin Verlander, twice in this postseason in potential series-clinching games, has not delivered. That is going to be a very big thing I'm going to be watching for in the World Series because it was the Tampa Bay series where he gave up a bunch of runs early on, and then in Game 5 against New York in the ALCS, gave up a bunch of runs early on. And that's something we have not really seen from Justin Verlander 
in his Houston career, or really in his Detroit career for that matter, of him struggling in elimination games and him struggling in in games where it's a winner-take-all scenario. So that, to me, is going to be something that really isn't on the forefront of people's minds right now, but I'm going to be watching out for in a big way if it comes down to it in the World Series. I totally agree, as we've got Curtis Rogers of 710 ESPN joining me right here on the podcast. And since we've got no games to bet on tomorrow, we're going to pick up this conversation on the other side of the break as you're listening to myself and Curtis Rogers reviewing the World Series right here on MLB Overtime Bet. Welcome back to MLB Overtime. Greg is throwing a gem, so yeah, he better not blow it. And we're back here on MLB Overtime. Betting Greg Peterson coming at you from the Vivid Seat Studios out here in lovely Las Vegas. And a quick reminder that if you want to be able to bet on the World Series, you should be doing it with my bookie because if you sign up with mybookie.ag and you type in the promo code Overtime, that is all one word, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, you're able to get up to a a $1,000 deposit match bonus, dollar for dollar. That is on a little bit of everything that you can imagine to bet on as well. Let's say that you want to bet on the World Series, you're able to do that. Player props in the World Series, futures. Maybe you're a little bit more of an NFL better. My bookie has you covered on all of it. And it is a place where you play, you win, and good gravy, you get paid. As we're back here with Curtis Rogers of 710 ESPN. And Curtis, we were talking about it on the other side with some of the struggles of Justin Verlander. And I do think that something that needs to be brought up as well with the Washington Nationals is the fact that they've done a better job of cashing in on their opportunities than the Houston Astros. I will say this for the Washington Nationals. It feels like if they get an out or two in the inning, they're just not able to muster anything. But we saw it in the AL Championship Series with both the Yankees and the Astros. Both these teams did a tremendous job of leaving men on base, and both teams just were not cashing in with men in scoring position. And the Washington Nationals, they have not been leaving men on base. I think that that's actually a good advantage for the Washington Nationals. Yeah, it shows that they're efficient when they get runners on base. It shows that they can bring them around to score. And this time of year, you cannot afford to leave Ducks out on the pond. You need every run possible because there are only, you know, a handful of games left. You know, the Nationals, they're four wins away from the World Series. The Astros, they're four wins away from the World Series, which means that you can't just be okay with one or two runs if there are, you know, still two guys on base. You need to go out and get as many runs as possible at every juncture possible. And the Nationals right now, they look to me like they are playing the hotter ball than the Astros. The Astros, you know, for as big of favorites as they have been this season, really from the very get-go, from opening day until now, they have not made it easy on themselves in this postseason. But, you know, 107 wins, that's nothing to be uh, ashamed about or anything like that. They kind of remind me of the Red Sox from a year ago where they didn't exactly bust down anybody's door on the way to the World Series. But then when they got there, it was all business. They beat the Dodgers in five games. The only time they lost was that 18-inning marathon, uh, thanks to Max Muncy and Nathan Eovaldi. But the Astros right now, I feel like they're kind of pressing a little bit. They're able to get by simply because of how talented they are and how deep they are. They have not been that juggernaut that we saw from April through September where they would put up 
10, 12, 14 runs on teams. But because of just how talented they are and, and they're starting pitching, getting Garrett Cole out there every third day instead of every fifth day, that's been a huge lift. Zach Granke's been great. But to me, it's so odd to see the Astros get to the World Series one game away from the maximum allowable amount of games to get there. You know, five games in the ALDS, six in the ALCS. I certainly didn't see Houston having as much struggle as they have put themselves through through the first two rounds. But, you know, it's the World Series. Everything that's gotten you here kind of gets thrown out the window and it's just kind of balls to the wall for the next seven games. Houston's got the starting rotation to put up a huge fight and I think they're going to do just that. And I think a big issue with the Astros is during the regular season, one through nine in the lineup were all so fearsome. Every one of these guys were hitting. Meanwhile, in the postseason, Jose Altuve and Michael Brantley certainly have held up their end of the deal. Now, Yoli Gurriel and Carlos Correa did bat below 200 in the ALCS, but both these guys did have clutch home runs. But Jordan Alvarez, where has this guy been? .045 batting average in the championship series. George Springer, I know that he had a nice home run, but he had a buck 60 in that series as well. And I mentioned Yoli Gurriel and how he was able to hit that clutch home run, but I think he had just two hits in that series as well. This is a Astros team that outside of their top three, they're just not getting a lot of contributions from the bats right now. And it really leaves me complex at this point because they average the most runs per game of any team at home this year. That includes the Colorado Rockies that play in the wild and crazy place known as Coors Field. And they just have not been getting those key runs aside from in the first inning. Yeah, and you bring up Alvarez. That's the risk you run when playing somebody as young as him in these kinds of moments. They've never experienced a stage like this. You know, this is his first season of Major League Baseball. And yet he had a tremendous regular season after getting called up midway through. And he's probably going to win himself a Rookie of the Year title in the American League. But he has never seen a stage as big as this. He's never played under lights brighter than the ones that were seeing right now. Just kind of those results are the territory that comes with playing somebody as young and as inexperienced as him. You bring up Yuli Gurriel with his three-run shot in Game 6 that without that, there's a good chance Houston doesn't win and we're playing in a Game 7. But... You look at Houston's lineup, I mean, you would expect guys like George Springer, who in his career in the postseason, he has been money up until this point, but he's kind of left a lot to be desired at the plate. Josh Reddick out there, Carlos Correa, he had the big home run in game two of the series. But other than that, his bat has you know not been up to where we kind of expected him. In fact, Carlos Correa, he was lauded as one of the best young players in the American League, but he just has not really lived up to that billing in the years since getting the initial call up back in, I think, what, 2016, 2017. And then you got Alex Bregman on that roster, who he's probably going to be top two in MVP voting this year, but he's been largely silent in the playoffs. He hasn't done a whole lot. It's weird to see the Astros offense right now sort of stuck in the mud, as it were, but you kind of know that there's going to be a game coming, or at least you kind of anticipate a game coming for them where those bats will wake up. But the Nationals, they have a tremendous counter to that with their starting pitching that I don't know if that's going to actually be a sure thing for Houston. It's weird how going into the playoffs, 
we all kind of looked at Houston's lineup and said, okay, well, they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about their starting pitching. But all of a sudden now, there is legit concern. Can they put up enough runs to stave off the Nationals? And, you know, Washington, their offense is rolling right now. I do agree with you as we've got Curtis Rogers of 710 ESPN joining me right here on MLB Overtime Betting. And I know that you've seen a whole lot of the Houston Astros. I think that they won all but one game against the Seattle Mariners in the division this year. So it's absolutely insane. But I think that you'd agree as well. The Astros have found themselves in some ruts offensively earlier this year. It just seems like this one is bigger than all the other ones. I'm just wondering at some point, will they be able to bust out of it? Because they have busted out of them every single time. And every time they do, they just put up a barrage of runs. But this one just feels a little bit more different. It does. The reason why it feels more different than any kind of rut they found themselves in earlier in the season is the magnitude of all these games. Because if you get into a rut in May, you can always dig yourself out in June. If you get into a rut in October, there is no other time in which you can salvage your season because it's do or die. It's win or go home in this month. And right now, the Astros, they're getting by, but they're not exactly impressing anybody by doing it. Following the Mariners like I do, the, the Astros went 18-1 and against them this year. Mariners fans very familiar with how good they can be. The only win the Mariners had this year against Houston I think it was like a 14 to 1 win, just a game in where they got all their frustrations out on Houston in one night. But Mariners got no hit by the Astros once. They got one hit by the Astros once with Garrett Cole. And then they got a no hitter taken into the ninth inning by Zach Greinke against them. They ended up with two hits that night. So, I mean, they just kind of know how good the pitching staff can be and how good the offense can be. They gave up 21 runs to the Astros in one game. So Houston, when they're on, there is no more impressive team in baseball. But right now, the Nationals, to me, look to be more impressive. And as we know, this time of season, what you accomplish in the regular season is great and all, but you got to win it in October. That's where it really matters. And 107 wins, they don't really matter if you're squeaking your way into the World Series. Not at all. And even though Garrett Cole is going to be able to go in game one for the Astros, and he'll certainly be fully rested and Justin Verlander going to be able to go on full rest in game two as well. If the Astros do choose to go that route, I do think that it is so interesting that the Washington Nationals got those extra days of rest because as we know, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, they've been making their normal starts and they've been pitching out the bullpen. Typically, whenever we see a team get a sweep or they win in five games in the championship series, it's a little bit of a detriment, all that rest. But I would actually argue that if there is ever a time that it's good that a team sweeps, it was with the Nationals, just with the way that their pitching is set up. Yeah, because they're not deep with their pitching, but they are effective with their pitching. They go Strasburg and Scherzer at any given moment. Those guys can pitch at any time. And normally, I would be very hesitant as well in picking a team that has had nearly a whole week off. I think by the time game one of the World Series is underway, it will have been six days without a game. You don't see that kind of break at really any point in a season, except for maybe the All-Star break now. But that's usually, what, like a Monday through about a Thursday. So that's about four or five days. This is very abnormal during the course of an entire season. And with the Astros winning in game six, 
They only get, what, Sunday and Monday off before they play again on Tuesday. But they don't have to travel. The Nationals are the team that has to travel. Game one is in Houston because they were able to clinch home field advantage throughout the postseason, finishing with the best record in all of baseball. But when you have such a reliance on one or two or really three guys in your rotation, this kind of added rest, I think, is going to play in the Nationals' favor. Their rotation, very similar, I think, to going to call it back to like the 2001 Diamondbacks with Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. It was just a one-two monster. And it was just a machine that when one of those guys was going, the other one was going too. And when the ball was in anybody else's hands, it was just night and day different. I get that feeling with the Nationals. You got to get the ball in the hands of Strasburg and Scherzer as many times as possible. I totally agree with you, as we do have Curtis Rogers here on the podcast. And Curtis would like to close it up with this. Who do you think winds up winning the World Series? Because the more I watch the ALCS, the more I'm gravitating to the Nationals. Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull off the series in general. I'm not going to be taking a series price on them. But I certainly think from a game-by-game perspective, the Nationals are going to be an underdog in this World Series pretty much in almost every game, aside from maybe when Mad Max Scherzer takes the mound and even then. It's going to be a little bit of a horse apiece, but I do think that there is tremendous value with the Nationals because of just the way that the ALCS played out in general. And like we were just talking about with the Nationals being rested, it actually gives them a bigger advantage than normal. Yeah, I think right now, if I'm going to pick a winner in the World Series, I'm actually going to go Nationals, which is interesting because of just how stacked Houston has been all season long, how great. They have looked at times, but right now the Nationals are just playing a style of baseball that they will not be denied. They've faced elimination a couple of times, really. They've stared it directly in the eye both times in the eighth inning in a wild card round in the division series round, both facing a 3-1 deficit. You're going up against Josh Hader in the wild card round, and then you're going up against Clayton Kershaw in the division series. Those are two really good pitchers, and the Nationals were unshaken in those moments. They rose to the occasion. They delivered. This is a team that is playing so unafraid and so unafraid of these big moments. To me, I think that is an incredible thing to have in your back pocket, especially this time of year. And right now, I think the Washington Nationals, to me, are my favorite to win the World Series. I cannot blame you there as this has just been an absolutely bonkers AL Championship Series and the way the Nationals have gotten to the World Series has been absolutely dramatic. And speaking of things that are highly entertaining, Curtis, you do a terrific job with 710 ESPN. You do the Sports Night in Seattle podcast as well. You're on Twitter at a kid from Ken. Love the good people at home. Know where they can get a little bit more of your content and just get to know you in general a little bit since you've joined this podcast so many times throughout the year and you always bring it whenever you're on. Well, I appreciate that, Greg. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at a kid from Kent. Always having fun there. And yeah, you can download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast, you can find me there. And always appreciate joining you, Greg, throughout the baseball season. Really looking forward to the World Series because I think we've got a great matchup on our hands. 
I totally agree with you. A big thanks, Curtis Rogers of 710 ESPN in Seattle for joining me right here on MLB Overtime Betting. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Ever have a question for the podcast? Feel free to tweet it and at underscore you want. And let's make this World Series a successful, profitable, and fun one. And I will be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.